Hello and welcome to another edition of Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast. I'm Anthony Denu. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Denu. He is Kyle McEwen. You can find him at Roto Kyle NBA. And uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, checking us out, whether it be on uh, Twitter, Par- uh, Periscope, YouTube, uh, all sorts of podcast formats. What really helps us is if you guys like, subscribe, comment, review, anything you can do uh, helps us out immensely. And we appreciate your guys' feedback. And most of all, we appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, if you are joining us on the live stream, if you guys can throw a comment in there or you want to uh, give us your take about what Kyle and I are talking about, maybe you have a fantasy question for the fantasy guru, Kyle, over here, or uh, maybe you just want to tell us your feelings on or you want us to talk about who your favorite team is. Maybe you're a a Magic fan and you're not getting too much coverage. I know Kyle loves to talk about the young Magic squad, so... Um, we appreciate you guys joining us once again, like subscribe, comment. This is an interactive live stream. So you guys can get involved. We appreciate you guys doing that as much as possible. We will read your comments on the air and even throw them up on the screen. So, um, appreciate you guys being with us and Kyle, we got, uh, something a little bit different going on tonight than, than usual, right? Oh yeah. We're going to do a, who's getting traded. Essentially, we're going to run through the the league right now. Talk about the buyers, the sellers, the teams that are in between, you know, maybe they're going to sell if they fall further out of playoff contention. But in general, these teams did come into the season with the hope of being in the playoffs. So we'll look at all those different situations, try to give some ideas of if a team is buying who they maybe could be looking to trade for. And then also uh, maybe who they have available that they would be willing to to trade or who they could offer up as a, as an asset to the other teams uh, that wouldn't maybe maybe hurt them too much. Yeah, so a lot to talk about, especially with I mean the the reason this is relevant is because uh, December fifteenth on Sunday is the date that a lot of players can be traded because this is based on the guys who signed over the summer. Yep, yep. All the free agents who signed over the summer, or most of them, are are eligible to be traded as of December 15th. So, like, now, even though we've already been hearing rumors about guys like Kevin Love and, and all the Thunder guys, the Thunder vets being on the quote-unquote trade block, yeah, they might have been in certain conversations that teams are already having ahead of this December 15th deadline. But some of those trade discussions teams have had couldn't necessarily involve or be consummated if they did come to an agreement until December 15th. So it's, it's the, it's like the unofficial start of trade season for the NBA. And uh, hopefully we see a little bit of action because we've already seen quite a bit of consternation. The trade deadline this season is February 6th, 2 PM central time. This seems much uh, sooner than normal. This was done maybe last year for the first time, so that way teams could know where they're going before the All-Star break and have that time to get acquainted with their new team in City, or is that was that part of the reason? Yeah, they, they moved up the, the trade deadline to in front of the All-Star game last season because of the fact that DeMarcus Cousins had gotten traded at the All-Star game, or, or yeah, essentially at halftime of the All-Star game uh, the, the year before, and that left a lot of people kind of feeling like well this is you know an awkward situation we don't want to have happen so but by moving the the trade deadline in front of the all-star game we also had situations last year where uh, a lot of people thought Kemba Walker would be uh up for trade a lot of people thought uh Nikola Vucevic would be up for trade but once Vucevic was named to the all-star team there was like there's like no way the team was going to trade him before he played into in the all-star game so 
there's a little bit of a weird uh, psychological aspect of your certain players who may seem like they're getting or, or on the trade block for a team or, or part of the team's you know history and not part of their their future going forward. That due to due to certain uh, you know them having a great year and playing in the All Star game that can affect whether or not they get traded. Same reason Kimball Walker didn't really get traded at the at the trade deadline last year, Charlotte was hosting the, the all-star game. Were they going to trade their best player, their all-star right before the all-star game? Heck no, that, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't quest. Uh, if that happened, I wouldn't have batted an eye based on that uh, front office situation. Well, I mean, I think it would have been the smart thing to do to get some kind of asset for Kemba Walker, but how terrible would that, I mean, I think you could have spun the narratives well enough and he would have gotten so much love, but casual fans would have been so pissed and casual fans are the ones who buy tickets, man. So I don't know. No, that's a, that's a fair assessment of the situation. I never, I never thought about that with Kemba last year and why the Hornets didn't do more to, to get something for him. But uh, I never would have thought that having the all-star game was a potential roadblock, but I can, I can understand that. All right, let's do it, man. Uh, you know, what's funny is when you're looking at all these lists of and you're going through and you're making the list of all the buyers, the in-between guys and the sellers, like for the most part, it's who's in the playoffs, who might be in the playoffs, but might not. And then who's definitely not fighting for the playoffs right now. And there's a little bit of a hazy gray area with some teams like Oklahoma City Thunder, who are actually in the playoffs right now, but they're also rumored to be willing to trade away like two of you know three or four of their top top guys because they're vets and they don't fit the the timeline for what they're building going forward yeah so we we're, we broke it down but in three categories which uh we'll go through and you want to start with the buyers here is that correct yeah i, f- I figure why not we'll just kind of go through in this in the order of the standings as well that way we kind of cover it all together if um who knows where this conversation is going to lead though it maybe it'll be more interesting if we start to find some overlap as we see uh, good pairings for certain teams in regards to guys who need to go to certain places and teams that are, are actually looking to, to sell things. Absolutely. Okay, so let's kick things off with the Los Angeles Lakers uh, leading things in the Western Conference. And uh, you have them as a buyer, rightfully so. They kind of have they've, they've got a weird roster that doesn't seem complete. And I don't think that anyone thought on opening night that this team was complete and going to go into the playoffs with the same roster with trades and buyouts and being a very uh, viable destination for any free agent or a buyout candidate. I mean, the Los Angeles Lakers certainly are not going to go the rest of the season with this same roster. I mean, they're playing well enough that you could make an argument that why not just, you know, if, if the wheels greased, um, I don't know. There's a reason to think that they might decide to stay in pat just because they've gotten off to such a tremendous start this season. Now, now you start saying, well, if this is how well they play from jump street, we know that when, when, uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Chris Bosch got together that first year with the heat. Yeah. It took like a month or two for them to really get into a groove and start to dominate. Uh, whereas LeBron and Anthony Davis came together and it's just like buckets on buckets and, and good defense. And, and they're, they're playing great right away. So, I mean, when I look at this, this Lakers team, I don't know about you, Anthony, but I say they need, you always need more shooting around LeBron and AD. So, so that's obvious. I think you need better rim protection or more uh, certain rim protection, or maybe you look for a center for the future to continue to build with them. Um, and then as, as far as their assets go, 
if I think you got to be willing to trade away a guy like Kyle Kuzma, who actually yeah. probably has a, a per, some perceived value in the league, has a cheap contract. Um, and then you also have to be, be willing to capitalize on the meme value of Alex Caruso to, to maybe, you know, trade him to a team that, that might view him as someone who can be a, a bigger part of their rotation. Although I think a lot of Alex Caruso's value is, based on the fact that he's he just fits so well with where he is. I don't know if Alex Crusoe maybe uh, will be able to live up to the expectations that he gets on Twitter. That's right. Bleacher Report, big fans of uh, Alex Caruso. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm with you on some things and, and disagreeing with you on some. Uh, I'm This team seems to have a lot of centers already. I know they might not be maybe top-level... Uh, or guys that you want starting on your team. Uh, but I think you can go through them and and work the bodies that way. To me, I think point guard is actually the biggest need for this team. And I think that would take a lot of uh, a lot of responsibility or at least punishment maybe away from LeBron and he can rest a little bit more, be a, be more available when the team needs him in crunch time and not have to do so much dirty work necessarily on the offensive end, uh, running things. Uh, and I just never, when this team came together, I never, I still feel like we haven't seen the right point guard for this squad. So that's the, the need I think that is there. And I think they're, I think they're solid in the front court, but, um, this team is, I I am with you. The other thing I wanted to say, I agree with you on is Kyle Kuzma. I think he is their biggest asset. Um, I know they wanted to hold him back last year from any Anthony Davis talks, but, uh, I think now to bring in the right piece when they figure out what that is, that Kyle Kuzma is their biggest draw. I mean, what else are you going to get that isn't that's an actual prospect? No, I don't think that the the Lakers have much to sell, but if they do want to try and push Kyle Kuzma, the fact that he's locked up in contract uh for at least another year plus with I maybe you throw him for a Bertans to the to the Wizards. Bertans is on an expiring deal right now. Uh and, and that might be an option to help bring in somebody who's just at least going to go out there and shoot the daylights out of the ball. Um, uh, if, if they're going to, I don't, I don't think they need another point guard as much as I think they need someone who's a scorer off the dribble um, okay. and, and, and can do a little bit of facilitating. So, but you want that guy to be able to shoot the deep ball really well off the dribble too. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm struggling to think of someone who might be available in that context. And cause you know, they're not going to be able to Spencer clear out Dinwiddie, a, a, a potential. Is that just a little bit too wild? Oh, I guess why would the nets sell him? Um, is, is my biggest question there is I don't know if, if the nets sure. would be willing to get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie since he is not only your backup point guard, but someone who is showing he can lead a team and have them play off eligible, which he's doing right now with Kyrie out with Levert out. Uh, you know, he's their he's their go-to scorer and he's doing a hell heck of a job with it. Um, yeah, it's tough because even if you said like a, a guy, like, uh, maybe they go out and get, this sounds so dumb, but okay. May, maybe they trade for Tyus Jones somehow. Maybe the, uh, the Grizzlies want more depth. See, that's a fair, yeah. That, at see, power like that makes sense. And you're not going to have to give up. You, I mean, you can give up. Uh, you can get Tyus Jones probably without giving up Kuzma. I would imagine. Oh, I would. Th- um, 
see, I I don't know if other teams value Kuzma the same way that like fans value Kuzma. I think fans think of Kuzma and they say future All Star, whereas I think Kuzma is just a role player and and not really good at defense. And he's a he's a scorer. Uh, can't can't necessarily do a lot of other things. So I have uh, I guess I have a pretty low perspective of of Kuzma. How high do you think his ceiling is? Uh, do I think he can be an all-star? I don't, I wouldn't say like a five-time all-star. Uh, I don't, but I, I don't think that's out of the total realm of possibility, but I'm not saying that he's going to be a dominant force in the league, but I think Kuzma is, uh, you know what? You're right. He does have a lot of like fan Twitter clout, but not necessarily NBA front office, uh, you know, like following him. But this year is, he hasn't been uh, as much as we'd like him to be right but he has two of the greatest of all time in front of him so i would like i wonder if other teams if you're in a rebuilding mode is that more valuable you know you know who would really fit well is in a weird way uh, derrick rose might fit really well at coming off the bench for this lakers team you're not going to get the uh, great shooting but you get the facilitating someone who can score off the dribble and he's been super efficient this season and last season as well and at this point, he probably wants the ring more than anything. I, I do wonder if if the Orlando Magic maybe fall out of things, if Evan Fournier becomes available, or or if DJ Augustine is available. But I don't, and I guess DJ Augustine is a little bit better of a a shooter off the dribble, which would be better than what you get from Rondo, which is mostly just a facilitator. Yeah. Um. Uh, should we move on to our next team as a buyer? Yeah, or do you do have it. any final thoughts? No, okay. no. Honestly, it's it's tough to find some of the some of the things that you'd want to find for the Lakers. It's just that's the other thing. Like, I think they have to be happy with their team going forward this season because there's not a lot of malleability with their roster. So much of their money is tied up in LeBron and AD. And then if they wanted to bring in someone who's a considerable piece, like the only thing that the the Lakers have that they can trade that could you know, be packaged towards getting someone who has a higher salary is Danny green. Who's making 14 and a half million and Contavious Caldwell Pope who's making 8 million. And that's just, you know, it's going to be hard for them to find the right pieces at the right prices who are better than those guys for them already. Okay. Last question on the Lakers. KCP is expiring, right? Is that the next potential asset that somebody wants the 8 million expiring? If the Lakers need something. Uh, it's it's an option, but he's I, I believe he's part of the whole Rich Paul. Um, he is, yeah. yeah the, so, um, gosh, I forgot what it, what the agency is called, but yeah, he is right. LeBron's a, uh, sports agency, essentially. So, right, yeah. It's uh, I don't think KCP is getting traded unless it makes a lot of sense for them, and they can go to LeBron and say like, "Hey," and he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want that guy." Yep. Um. Bucket Ninja joined the show. Good evening, gentlemen. Also, People's Champ 2310 said, uh, appreciate the live stream. So we appreciate you guys checking out the live stream. Thanks so much for being with us and uh, commenting in the show and and getting involved, man. We appreciate it. All right. Who's the next team on the list? And I guess I I should stop trying to talk so much so we can actually fire through this. (laughs) All right. Um, Milwaukee Bucks is the next team. And you have uh, shooting and big wing defender as, as the potential needs yep uh when i look at the bucks i say you need somebody else who can handle the load whether it's guarding a a lebron james type player more than anything i think that with 
Anthony Davis, you could say Ursan Ilyasova can, can fill that duty a little bit. Obviously, Giannis is your preferred defender, but um, yeah, that's the main thing is looking at who can you get that are big, small forward, power forward type combo wing defenders, guys who can just be bodies and, and strong bodies that you can throw at LeBron and throw at AD. I, I just don't think you can ever have enough of those guys. And then, of course, always more shooting around Giannis. Um, but then again, he's firing o- away from three this year, so maybe he doesn't even need anybody else's help now. Man, there's a difference. You can see when Giannis even does like that fake dribble pull-up, uh, people are biting. People are biting on Giannis's shot. It is drawing attention to him on the outside, and when he drives inside, then you've only you got three or four guys left who are still having to pay attention to him, and he's had plays where he gets one foot in the paint and has three shooters wide open. He basically has his choice of either corner and then also a wing to go to for shooting. So his improved three-pointer is is incredible this year for what is it has done. And I know he's still low 30s, but it is it is a huge deal because at least the shot fake is drawing people out and you're not able to just sag basic almost into the paint um, when he has the ball on the perimeter. So Ursan Ilyasova is considered the the best trade asset or the one that the the Bucks are looking to move the most and he's 7 million he's got 7 million on the book, books and he, he played great in a start last night for Giannis uh, had yeah. what 18 and 9 um you know he had a solid game last night in his first start of the season kind of showing that he's still that guy he is one of the most consistent players when he gets the minutes um, and he typically gets better he typically gets better throughout the season too uh, like when he was putting up the, some of those crazy rebound numbers, you know, six, seven years ago, it would happen later in the season. He can, he gets better throughout the season. The, uh, you know, the bucks, I don't think they're going to be looking to make any drastic changes. It would, you'd have to be, you'd have to come to them with like Brad, Bradley Beal to say, Hey, are you willing to move, you know, Brooke Lopez and, and Eric Bledsoe, or are you willing to move Chris Middleton? Like though, I don't think the Bucks are making any big sweeping changes. It'll be a a bench guy who can score something similar to Nikola Mirotic, I think, in a lot of regards. I do think that they're going to be focusing on getting a guy like Davi Spertans to to bring in, and then it's uh and then it, they just have to decide: are they willing to get rid of Dante Divincenzo or yep. or DJ Wilson? But Dante yep. Divincenzo is probably their biggest uh, trade commodity right now, based on how he's played through his uh, his career so far. Yeah, I've always wondered what Sterling Brown, he's kind of the other young buck in the mix, but I, I've always wondered what his value is league-wide. But um, I, I've, uh, do you have any quick takes on that before we move on to the Heat? No, I am I think there are a lot of teams that probably would look at Sterling Brown and think that he'd be a nice piece to bring in as a part of a trade, but I don't know that a team would seek him out unless... Uh, yeah, I, I, unless the Bucks just looked at Sterling Brown and said, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna plan on him being a really big part of the rotation. Maybe we can just get another draft asset. Like, but I don't know if that would be smart for the Bucks. He's he's a competent uh, bench player who can step up in short minutes. He can step up and play in, in bigger minutes. He's got versatility on the wing, um, and yeah, I just think that there's there's too much to like about Sterling Brown as a a bench player on this team to to risk giving them up for something that might end up being nothing later. Um, you know what? The way this conversation is going, I think we should probably jump down to the sellers. 
run through those okay. guys really quick. Okay. And sure. then and then that's gonna give us kind of a base too of who's available and, okay, and yeah, what I kind like of that. talents there. Sure. Okay, so we're gonna start off with uh, OKC. Uh, the Thunder, in terms of needs, would be a modern center or a youth to pair with uh, Shea Gilgis and and uh, Alexander. Alexander. And uh, I almost said Anderson. <laughs> um, and potential trade away pieces. You got CP3, Gallinari, Stephen Adams, and Dennis Schroeder as potential guys that other teams are going to want to roster. Yeah, I, those are those are the obvious guys that the Thunder's looking to trade away or pieces that they've been interested in moving already based on everything we've heard. Daniel Gallinari has just this year left on his deal, so he's expiring. Uh, Stephen Adams has one more year on his deal. He's got a big contract, 25, $26 million this year, uh, close to $28 million next year. And then Chris Paul's making 38 41 and then he's got a player option for 44 million in 2122. So some of those the Chris Paul contract is going to be hard to move unless there's a team out there that says we want another star. Chris Paul has played exceedingly well to begin this season, so maybe a team like the Miami Heat Pete puts the pieces together and say and says, "Look, we're we're playing way better than we thought we would. We've got We've got tons of young guys. We've got other pieces that teams might be interested in. I, you know, there are a couple teams who might be able to put together enough money to bring in Chris Paul and just to say, whatever, we're going to take the talent and and uh, bite the bullet on on the big money as he gets older. Yeah, that's fair to say. And you've seen Chris Paul fit in in four different uh, cities in the NBA where he is great with superstars. Like, it's not like he's going to take the ball away from anyone else. Uh, even with James Harden, like even that wasn't an issue. So, uh, he's just a great pass first player and would fit in well with almost any team. Like who couldn't use uh, some of what Chris Paul does, you know? Yep. As long as they can fit the money, which that's the biggest problem is finding exactly. the teams. Every team would want Chris Paul. It's just, it's fitting that money. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder is getting paid 15 and a half million this season and next season. I'm sure he's somebody that another team is, is willing to, you know, take a look at, but the money is a little bit big for what he offers. Um, it, when I was trying to think about backup point guards that the, the Lakers could look at, I thought about Dennis Schroeder, but he's also not somebody who really shoots three pointers off the dribble the way that, right. That I, that I'm hoping for, or looking for to fit that that Lakers squad, because um, you'd like somebody who could also slot in next to LeBron James. Uh, yeah. Other than that, you know, the, the uh, Nerlens Noel just just has a, a one million dollar uh, deal with the with the Thunder this year. I think they signed him to eventually make him their starting center. Otherwise, I don't understand why he's so loyal to them or why he couldn't get a bigger contract somewhere else. Um, I wouldn't expect you wanted, to fire his agent, right? you wanted to fire his agent. I think the second he signed that, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I, this doesn't make any sense. He's gotten the worst advice ever throughout his career to turn down the like $84 million, $91 million deal, whatever it was that the, the Dallas Mavericks had offered him. And then to end up in the situation he's in is just completely ridiculous at his age and with his talent level. Uh, Andre Roberson's a $10 million expiring deal for the, for the Thunder too, something they could move as well if they're looking to maybe eat some long-term contracts in order to take on draft assets from other teams who are are um, looking to upgrade their roster as well. So, uh, uh, former Plaza Tavern meat patty basketball player Taylor Beck 
tweet, uh, text it into the show. Give me a hot take on the addition of Kyle Korver to the Milwaukee Bucks. A hot take on it? He'll probably end up hitting some huge shots in the playoffs. That's- but he should only play. Mine is that he should only play when Giannis is on the court. If, if Giannis is not playing or not in the game, Kyle Korver needs to be on the bench with him. Okay, that's fair. All right. Well, um, thank you, Taylor, People's Champ, Bucket Ninja, all you guys for commenting in the show. We really do appreciate it, and uh, that's why it's interactive. So uh, thanks again. Uh, all right, Kyle, moving on to Memphis Grizzlies. You want to talk a little bit more about the Thunder's potential trade assets? Nope. Uh, we're all covered there. We can start to fire through this a little bit quicker. Memphis okay. Grizzlies, they're, you know, they're looking for like a shooting guard or small forward, a, a third star to pair with Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. Uh, they've got a lot of assets on, on their roster right now. Igu- Andre Iguodala, uh, ha- his contract is expiring, $17 million. Solomon Hill, his contract is expiring. I believe it's close to $10 million. Jay Crowder's contract is expiring. That's $7 million. If they wanted, If some team really wanted Jonas Valanciunas as their center for the future, he's got three years on his deal at a reasonable price, right around 15 million. Tyus Jones has three years at a reasonable price, I believe around 8 million. So if somebody needs a point guard, Tyus Jones could be on the move. We've seen uh, DeAnthony Melton play really well off the bench as a backup point guard for the, the Grizzlies lately. So that's, that's a, an easy guy who could slide in and take Jones's minutes. If he was traded, Kyle Anderson has another three years on his deal. He could end up or two more years after this, he could end up getting traded. Dylan Brooks is a restricted free agent and somebody that, that this newer regime could look to trade. So they've got a lot of pieces on this Grizzlies team that could help them maybe package stuff to either get, uh, a, a star to bring back a, a young one, or um, these are also just a lot of expiring contracts that could help another team or lead to them getting some kind of draft asset. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Grizzlies do. They definitely should be players in the trade market. If, even if they're just helping uh, facilitate stuff. Yeah. And just the other night you and I were talking about how, you know, you've got Jaron, you've got John Morant and you really are looking for that third star who you probably want to be a wing player. So that might be what uh, the Grizzlies are looking for is that future wing star. Uh, Let's go to the Wizards. You already talked about Bertans being an asset to be traded. Uh, What would they be looking for in return and who else would be who could be involved with Bertans? Beal has been talked about forever, but you said that that can't happen. Is that right? Uh, I, the, my understanding of the Beal situation is that due to the fact that he signed an extension, it's really hard to trade him this year. So most people just look at the Beal uh, situation and say he's not getting traded. Uh, John Wall has four years, four more years left on his deal. Uh, just tons of money, like over forty million a year. It's a huge anchor on this Wizards team. If if John Wall's not able to come back and play healthy, even if it's just him coming back and being like their sixth man or something. But I do think that this Wizards team needs to find a young point guard who can either take take over that spot from John Wall if he can never get healthy again and somebody who they hopefully would not, are not paying too much money. But they also need a starting small forward going, for, going forward. And another <laughs> star or two who are, you know, no doubt stars, not... Not nice pieces, not role players, but people who can pair with Bradley Beal if if they hope to someday compete. So there's a lot of holes that need to be filled on this Wizards team. They do have a lot of young pieces, though, and they do have some 
contracts that they can trade uh, and and some just uh, good players right now, whether that's Jan Mahinmi, whose contract is expiring. CJ Miles is out for the season, but he's got an expiring contract that they could move uh, to help uh, another team. Maybe I, it could just help facilitate a trade, if nothing else. Uh, Davis Bertans with his expiring contract at $7 million, he's very available. Uh, Ish Smith and Isaiah Thomas, two veteran point guards that the team brought in to help them uh, you know, get through the, the, the mud of not having John wall this season, but both those guys should be available in trade. So th- there's definitely a lot of assets. The wizards have to move if they are looking to make an upgrade and other teams are looking to add to their uh, playoff arsenal. Uh, G Dozel is a uh, returning to the stream. We had him in on the other night uh, and wants to know trying to sell high on Bertans, who would be a good target. So in terms of fantasy, do you have a couple quick options that you think Bertans could go for just the way he's played this season, obviously someone that maybe he couldn't have traded for him at the beginning of the year, seeing as how he's, how he shot the ball. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit tough because I think that most people who look at Bertans will say, okay, he's playing great on the wizards, but is he going to get traded somewhere later? And if he gets traded somewhere, it's probably going to be to a role where he's not asked to shoot at such a high volume, um, and also maybe isn't getting the same amount of minutes that he's been getting here on the Wizards. But if you're looking to um, buy low on somebody, oh, sugar plums. Sorry, this hit me off the top of my head. Um, oh, I am not going to give any good answers right now because I don't want to say, like, go get Lowry Markinen. I think Lowry Markinen's been, been good, and he might be a, a nice target, but I don't necessarily think that he's uh, – that wow look it's just it's tough it's it's uh, Bertans is banging in so many three-pointers and he's exceeding expectations in such in such a way that um oh it's hard for me to say how 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 high do you or you know where's a good range to to sell sell high on him for I mean if you could get back buddy healed or something stupid like that then yeah go get buddy healed um, I would maybe consider throwing out Bertans for Gordon Hayward, but that's, uh, that's, that's like, if, if you prefer Gordon Hayward stats to what Bertans is probably going to offer. Um, and right. go for your knee. Oh, you maybe. know what? Maybe, you know what? D'Angelo Russell, I would try and get D'Angelo Russell. If huh. D'Angelo Russell's kind of struggled a little bit of late, I would throw him out there. Um, it, it, do you need That's assist and you don't That's need the three name. pointers? Yeah. Maybe you try to get Ricky Rubio for Davis Bertans. Um, All no, I, I like uh, where your heads at. Chris, Chris Middleton, see, uh, maybe even a CJ McCollum, like you know, guys who maybe aren't banking in the the same kind of gaudy three pointers that that Bertans is, but you know that they have secure roles for for uh, deeper into the season. You know, maybe you go throw Bertans to somebody for Andrew Wiggins if you're not worried about Wiggins' uh, percentages coming down as the season goes. Uh, yeah, there's 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 quite a few different avenues you could go there. You could throw Bertans out to Devontae Graham. Maybe somebody doesn't believe that Devontae Graham's going to keep it up. So, sorry, lots of options. Zach Levine. There you go. Uh, moving on to the Atlanta Hawks. So you and I have talked a number of times. Uh, we really like the Hawks roster, very entertaining team, but their their center position is pretty bad right now. Jones has played better at times, but uh, recently that is in, in s- small spurts. 
but we don't have the guy who's going to be the center for this team the next three to five years, uh, right? Anywhere on this roster, unless they decide to go with John Collins at center. Right. And I just don't think that that's what you want to do. I don't think you want John Collins playing center, especially when he's somebody who's developing more and more perimeter skills and may be able to even slide down and play small forward at some point for you. Uh, I think you just look at this Hawks team and you know that they've got Trey Young at point guard. They've got Kevin Herder. Herder. Oh, why am I struggling with that? Because it's somebody hurt. I know it's Herder. I just like saying Herder. Um, There's no way like saying Herder. He's he's uh isn't he's like uh, sounds like Stewie. He's, he's from Spain. Huerta. Kevin Herder. Uh, anyways, they got Herder. They got uh, DeAndre Hunter or DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> and John Collins. Yes, so they've got their, their they got their main four positions all locked up and they just right. they need a center for the future. But maybe what they end up doing is is realizing like, hey, you know what? That Sacramento Kings team isn't liking whatever uh oh sugar plums, what's his name? Uh the Undertaker, uh Dwayne Deadman is doing for them over there. So maybe we should just get Dwayne Dwayne Deadman back and, and have him be our center because he's he's done such a good job in the past for us. So The Undertaker. Oh, that's good. Why have I never heard that? You oh, obviously that's... don't listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball with uh, Josh Lloyd then. Oh, man, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. Shout out to Josh. All right. Um, so the so guys just, that they have to think, trade, yeah, though. Who do you, I was going to say, what players do you think could be on the move? They do have a couple veterans that uh, – uh, a championship contending team might want in the back end of their bench. Yeah. I mean, what Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, uh, Jabari Parker has just two years on his deal. Uh, Alex Len. And then there's the expiring deal of Chandler Parsons too. There's different pieces here on this team where if, if the, if the Hawks want to get involved, they've got, they've got diff- different pieces they can move, but I don't see them. I don't see them moving any of their their main younger guys. I think they're content to continue to build with them going forward. Even though there's been some consternation on on Twitter lately and around the Hawks about essentially that they're not meeting certain people's expectations, which I just think is ridiculous right now. Like if you expected the Hawks to come out winning games this season, I mean, I give it a year, okay? Like they they're right. you know they're playing Cam Reddish, they're playing DeAndre Hunter, they. You know they they still don't have a center. They're they're still trying trying out different guys there. In second best player who is like almost a twenty and ten guy after the All Star break, or was a twenty and ten guy after the All Star break, hasn't yeah. played for twenty games. So exactly, the, the Hawks need to. I mean, if you're wondering what's going on with them, I mean, temper your expectations because exactly without, without any team without their second star is is going to falter, except for the Bucks without Middleton, who are well, incredible. And you and know undefeated. what? We, still undefeated. We've seen guys shine in, in in the extra opportunity they've had with John Collins out too. So it just oh Jabari wouldn't you know, be what he yeah. would be. Yeah, well, yeah. Jabari wouldn't be what he would have been. Yeah, um, but Jabari is Jabari. But you know, but like seeing like DeAndre Hunter go out and have like a big scoring game, or Cam Reddish kind of work through some of his early issues. Cam Reddish wouldn't have been getting all these looks that he has if if the Hawks hadn't had the unfortunate or or the misfortune of. Of uh, John Collins and Kevin Huerta being out. Huerta. Huerta. Um, all right. Uh, the Cavs and Knicks. I think we can almost combine these two because they're really bottom of the food chain. Yep. And you have everyone as potentially available. Yeah. Which I mean, really with the backcourt of the Cavs makes a lot of sense. And then you look at the front court of the Knicks. There's way too much going on there. So 
either one of these two, I mean, everyone's got to be on the block. Love is the one who's the superstar, who's available, who's you're gonna you're gonna hear his name a ton. He's already been linked to a number of teams. Um, but what do you what do you think about Knicks and Cavs overall? I just th- I think both these teams, the first trade they need to make is uh, a new front office. Um, that's obvious with the Knicks. There's there's been reports out of late or the, over the last week since Fisdale got fired that Steve Mills is his job is on the line and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, <laughs> just fire him. He's right. what if the team miraculously does well, all of a sudden you're going to let Steve Mills continue to make decisions for you in that in that front office. Goodness, no. Um, and, and plus, then you're having him in charge of the trade deadline. If he's trying, then does he make you know bad moves to try to make the team better this year instead of properly assessing what they are? It's just a it's just a crazy situation. But um, anyways, th- with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the only player who I think that they should be really you know tied to or, or to say like okay we're going to keep him is Darius Garland the rest of the roster is completely wide open as far as who's going to be their shooting guard through center of the future everyone on the roster should be available in a trade for the right player for the Knicks you know you build around Mitchell Robinson and maybe RJ Barrett but for the most part I think Mitchell Robinson's the only one who you should be looking at on that roster and saying like he's a part of our future we want him here for the long term uh, you bring in a new a new front office, and they're not going to regard RJ Barrett as a you know a no lock part of the future. I don't think. Uh, just a little teaser for the end of the show. My mom has a text has texted in a question for Kyle. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's how we'll end the show. Also, shout out to Jordan Beck for his comment. He said the Hawks are hot trash, and also wants to know what I'm drinking. You don't have to, Jordan Beck. This is uh, it's very Beck of me. We'll just we'll just say that. Um, but the Hawks are hot trash. Jordan Beck says, and if you look at their record, Kyle, that's hard to disagree with. But they have the fun young pieces that I think are entertaining, which is the most important for being the league pass team. That's like your second team. Well, and you pointed out that with John Collins out, they they were going to suck. So it's all circumstantial, and right, that's how it goes. And people should be patient with them. Uh, let's talk about the Warriors. They're one of the most interesting teams in terms of what might be available. It's like they almost signed D'Angelo Russell to potentially trade him. Then Steph Curry gets hurt, and you really get to show him off more than ever at his what is likely his true position. It's weird how this has all worked out or not worked out for the Warriors, uh, but just a just an absolute bizarre year. Okay, I, I, I personally hate the take that the Warriors just got Russell to trade him. You can obviously see a narrative where that might be true, but it was a situation where they had to trade Kevin Durant or get nothing for him. And all the Brooklyn Nets really had available that were going to match up contract wise was by signing uh, D'Angelo Russell to an, to a contract and, and acquiring him in the trade. So it, it was a matter of circumstance that led to them acquiring an all-star and I just, I, I, you know, there's people who have like tweeted out ideas like, oh, I think the Warriors really got themselves into trouble with this long term contract with, uh, you know, long term max contract with D'Angelo Russell. And it's like, he's, he's still super young. There's, he's, he's an all star. Like, there's so much about D'Angelo Russell that gets misconstrued over, you know, over taxed. And it's just ridiculous to me. He's a really good player. Uh, if, if the, if the, if the if the Warriors can trade him, they okay. better be getting back a star. If uh, they trade him between now and the trade deadline, will you will you walk back on that? 
or are you going to hold tight and just say, no, they didn't sign him just to trade him? But if they trade him before this year's trade deadline. Okay. Yeah. If they, if they look around and they say we can get uh, DeAndre or uh, Andre Drummond for, for Russell, and we're just going to hope to re-sign Andre Drummond. Cool. Great. That's awesome. That's a smart move for what they need as a team. This is a team that, that they need patience through this season. They need a legit center and they need big wing defenders. That's what actually, they- now that you say that Andre Drummond on the Warriors absolutely frightens me. The way they've already played with guys like Andrew Bogut or uh, Kavan Looney, uh, Zaza Pachulia, you throw Drummond, who's like the best actual old school center today that would be just i mean with every, with people healthy next year that's unbelievable well and he's an underrated passer too so him playing with all those shooters around him I, okay you can you can run a lot of the same actions that you run with with draymond green as a ball handler you're not going to have dream uh andre bringing the ball up the court the same way but yeah anyway there, there's a lot to like there um and the, the Warriors have a lot to a lot of trade assets, whether it's D'Angelo Russell, Kavon Looney, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Jordan Poole, Jacob Evans, Omari Spellman, Marquise Chris, uh, Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks, Eric Paschal. They have their starting four. If if they're if you're looking at you know at least there's you know they have at least three starters going into next season. You have D'Angelo Russell, who's kind of this malleable piece to say if we want to, we can move him to a you know for a different player for a different position. But like this team has a a championship level team or a, a a great playoff team when they're healthy. So it'll be interesting to see how they use their assets this season to flip for something to potentially improve their their outlook for next season. All right, we'll we'll get into my uh, D'Angelo Russell take uh, maybe later next week or once he gets traded. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jordan Beck uh, coming back with a comment said uh, he wants to know if we're, you and I are going to do a live stream during Bucks and Lakers next week. That's very that's highly possible. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Make sure that it can uh, match up with our schedules. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. You that get would two be of the top teams, so and potential NBA Finals, you know, uh, preview. I guess. Okay, so we've covered all the sellers. We got a few of the buyers. Do you want to go back and yeah, and run let's down? just yeah, we'll just run through the buyers really quick. Run through the in between guys and. Uh, Kind of finish this up over the next like 15 minutes. Yeah. So we got the heat. Is that right? And we are going to move on to the Celtics. Yep. And, and really, I look at the Miami Heat. They have tons of depth on their team, tons of different assets with uh, bigger contracts that they could use to pair together to move for something. But for the most part, you're looking at just adding a third star to the mix with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And then you hope that you can, you know, you're probably not going to trade away a Tyler Harrow, but you're willing to trade away Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, you're willing to trade away anything, you know, Ke- Kelly Olynyk okay. and, and Myers Leonard. You're willing to trade away anything that's not those, I think, those three main players. So just to be clear before we move on to the Celtics, you're saying hero, no trade, uh, none is a potential trade asset. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or not that he's an asset, but potentially on the block, I should say. I just uh, think that if, if you're the that. Heat, the only three guys you're looking to keep in most situations are you know you're not getting rid of bam you're not getting rid of jimmy butler uh unless you you know I, I there's no there's no anthony davis on the trade block right now that you would be willing to trade bam for so right. so that's where i'm at on that uh okay let's go down to the celtics they need a defensive center someone who can you know really be the guy there maybe another star but and, and they've got a they got 
a $30 million expiring contract with Gordon Hayward that they could look to move if they wanted to, or that gives them a lot of versatility and get bringing back another star. Also the fact that Hayward himself has that, that talent. Um, but this is also a team that has, you know, has the core of, of themselves together here. So I don't know. I don't really know that the Celtics really need a lot unless they can go out onto that trade market and, and find a, a guy like an Andre Drummond who, if the Pistons fall out of playoff contention, maybe they say, all right, let's see what we can get for Drummond since he's going to leave us this off season. Anyways, Carson Edwards, a potential, I mean, a, a target for, is that, is that too much to say? I just, I, I, I guess I just don't have uh, the highest handle of, on him yet. Okay. No, no, I. He's a scorer. He's an undersized scorer. Uh, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, so what's what's the hope that you can get with this guy that he becomes a an Isaiah Thomas type player? And but I like, if you're the Celtics, yes, you. That's why you hold on to him, or that's what you're telling other teams on the phone calls. And and you, you look what we did with him. You know what I mean? If you're Danny Ainge, of course that's one of your points of uh, you've, contention and sale. You've tried to make trades in fantasy sports before. You know that people don't. You can't tell people what to think about a player. Everybody has right. their opinions. That's fair. Um, uh, uh, you want to move on to the Clippers? Yes, sir. Uh, I think they need more shooting uh, and maybe another star. Obviously, they don't. Re- they've got a tremendous team. You don't really look at them and say that they need this piece or they can't do it. But like, uh, you're just you're always looking for more shooting, and and then I think maybe another star to pair with uh, Kawhi and and Paul George. But I'm I'm pretty good with the Clippers roster as it is. I think I'm content. You added two superstars to a playoff team that was gonna go toe to toe, or I shouldn't say toe to toe. They had two wins against the Warriors last year in the playoffs which is a big deal, and you added two superstars to that team. You also have two of the best bench players that would be starters on almost any team and probably could or should be starters on this one. It's just not how they run things, which is fine. But I think they have those other stars. I think it's I think Lou Williams is a name that carries weight, and he's incredible in his role, as is Harrell. Montrez Harrell is uh, unreal. He's taken, I think, another step forward this year too. Well, and le- when Landry Shamit is healthy, he, yeah. he gives them another he score right back. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So no, they definitely are fine. But it's uh, you know, if you could package the eleven million from Mo Harkless that is expiring with something else, and I'd, I, I, you know what? If you could get rid of Mo Harkless for, and maybe throw something else included in the deal to, to, I just, I just think that any team like this, any team like the Clippers should be trying to get Bertans from the wizards, you know, like find a way to get that guy on your team. So you just got that banger from outside. Plus they, they, they they could start Bertans at power forward too. Yeah. Oh, especially if you're bringing off. Yeah. Oh God. And then you're bringing Harold still off the bench. That's just unreal. Um, Okay. The next four, three or four teams we're going to get to really excite me as potential buyers because I don't view them in that the top tier, but a move or two could put them, uh, move them up a category potentially. And this is uh, the Sixers, Mavericks, Rockets, and Raptors. We're going to talk about the Sixers first. You uh, you think that they need versatile scoring, uh, a versatile scoring wing and shooting. Certainly if you have Simmons, yeah, shooters are always well, going to help. When you look at this Philadelphia 76ers team, you've got Ben Simmons at point guard, who's great there, but he's not a shooter off the dribble. Uh, Josh Richardson can shoot off the dribble, but he's not great at it. 
Uh, Tobias Harris, not really a shooter off the dribble necessarily. And then the same for Joel Embiid and, uh, and uh, Horford. They need somebody who can shoot off the dribble off the bench for this team that that is also capable of being a a starter level player they and they also just don't have a lot of depth on this Sixers team so uh, they need more bench depth that is reliable uh, I think we all are fans of guys like like Matisse Thibel but he's a rookie even though he did play four years at college y- you wonder about um you just want someone who's been there and and seen things a little bit more than than what he has so far to, to have uh faith for uh, their their ability to get deeper into the playoffs this season. Uh, my favorite team that's on this list is the Dallas Mavericks, and you have uh, that their need could be another star and more wing defense. Yeah, I think you're looking for a defense-first wing that is better on offense than, you know, we're, we're right now they have Dorian Finney-Smith who can guard multiple positions and is great out there. Uh, you, you're maybe looking at a, a center, but... Honestly, Chris S. Porzingis might be their their best option there in, in against most other centers. Um and and they've got enough I, the, the Mavericks have a lot of stuff on their roster. Um, but I would hope that they could parlay you know, the contracts of Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway to maybe to maybe add a, a, another star next to Luca to help maybe give him a little bit more or less uh attention on on defense who <clears throat> is there a certain star you like you know who i'd like on this team is Otto porter jr you know um, he's he's so injured you know so right. it's just hard to get excited yeah. about that notion with him yeah. um uh i don't know if it's another star necessarily but maybe they just go get marcus morris from the knicks right okay. uh and i think that i think he he, he might be a a, a nice a nice ad for them and there's no reason he shouldn't be available for the knicks uh let's should we move on to the rockets you're you're also looking for another star here and more wing or i'm sorry and yeah more wing defense yeah you know uh bogdan bogdanovich from the sacramento kings is somebody who i think would fit or be a a very wanted piece for for all these teams here um but then again it's like well why don't the kings just create a bigger role for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Well, they've, uh, they've, they've, they've uh, decided to hang their hat on Harrison Barnes and Trevor Ariza. And that's just completely ridiculous to me, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rockets, they've got plenty of stuff. They, they probably need more off the bench. They, uh, you always need more shooting and more defense, right? Especially with, with uh with Harden and and Westbrook there together uh, out on the perimeter taking care of all the scoring you just you you want to make sure you got more defense and they've already got a, a couple of good guys with with Daniel House and and PJ Tucker but you would like to have somebody off the bench who is uh, a better option than Tabo Cephalosha. Uh Moving on to the Toronto Raptors and this is like the the fourth of the four teams that I was excited to talk about as potential buyers when it comes to. Uh, trading and getting things done before the deadline. And you've got add, add another star and more bench shooting. And we saw that the Raptors were somewhat limited, even in the playoffs with their bench, really going with a almost as slim of a rotation as you possibly could. Then you lose Kawhi. You got OG Ananobi there to pick up a number of that, some of that slack. Siakam's been incredible. But I agree. I think one more 
real good player would make them uh, much more of a threat in the East. Because right now, like I, I just don't see them getting past the Bucks, let alone or, or even the Sixers and Celtics. Yeah, they would probably be good to hopefully maybe they'll be in the the conversations with Andre Iguodala if Iguodala gets bought out from Memphis and then there's this free for all or a you know kind of a a a pick 'em for Iguodala as far as which contender he's going to go to the Raptors might be an option for him if he wants a bigger role than what he might get on some other teams. I think Daniel Gallinari might be a uh a, a, a somebody that the Raptors target. Mm-hmm. Uh but um yeah, it's just uh, something to watch. The Raptors, the fact that they've played Pascal Siakam as their backup point guard at times too, that gives them so much versatility to consider running out just huge, bizarre lineups. And and that could be a lot of fun where you're essentially looking at like, you know, just all small forwards and power forwards out there at certain times. It's It's been a bizarre year so far. Um, let's go on to the Nuggets. You think they need brim protection, big wing defender, and another star. And they have a lot of pieces. There is a lot of, like, I would say almost anybody anybody on this team could get traded other than Jokic and Murray. And I, I think Murray even would be, you know, included for the sure. right, in okay. the right deal. I think Jokic is the only one who's not, who's untouchable in many regard. Uh you know, it's funny. I was writing out what the what the Nuggets need: rim protection, big wing defender, and that sounds like Jeremy Grant, who they have on their bench. So I just think that Jeremy Grant should be getting more run next to Jokic. Uh, they should continue to look for guys who have versatility as a a wing wing defender and rim protector to help put next to Jokic, because that's ideally what you're going to end up finding. Paul Millsap would have been great as that as that guy in his prime but he's just right. too old now. So um, I, I, if they moved him to the bench and had him be the scorer, you know, for 25 minutes a game, uh, would that help things and with, and get grant in the starting lineup? Yeah. I mean, ultimately my nuggets, uh, the way I think that they should be running things is having Paul Millsap come off the bench with, with Will Barton. Barton. Like, yeah, yeah say, they're Barton the up. yeah yeah Th- those two guys off the bench they can just have their way with with things, and uh, you fill in fill in whatever you want around them. But Michael Porter Michael Porter Jr. should be starting at that small forward spot, and Jeremy Grant should be starting at at power forward. And that both those guys are big, you know that 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 also just gives you extra length and, and other guys who can easily rotate to maybe defend the rim a little bit not to say that michael porter jr has ever really been asked to do that so far but he's a big cat at least uh size you know height wise i view uh will barton as i think that the grizzlies would really benefit from having him as their as a wing scorer right now as sort of as a bridge to the next guy but that to me has been something that i've been thinking about the last week or so i think will barton to the grizzlies would be a really good fit you get your wing scorer there and I mean, you have other things to give up and that's obviously not going to be triple J or John Morant. But I think those three together could be a lot of fun. I think Will Barton has a fit on a certain team and it could be the nuggets, but move them to the six man role. You know, like yeah. even, you know, when talking about the Lakers, they need another guy who can ball handle, do a little bit of this, maybe to make a big shot off the, you know, off the dribble. I'm not saying Will Barton's the greatest guy at those things, but like, but Will Barton has a place. I hate that I, I want to hate on him so much, but I just don't know that I, I think that I don't think he's the right fit for this uh for this Nuggets current configuration. Uh in his in his in his role right now as a starter. 
All right, going to the Utah Jazz. You want big wing defenders here. Yeah, they don't have anybody to guard Anthony Davis. So if, you, if you're trying to match up with the Lakers, like that's that's the thing. When you are building your team as a GM right now and you're saying we plan on being, you know, fight for the championship. We plan on being in the in the finals at some point or we need to get to the finals. Well, who do you have to get through? Who do you have to beat? What matchups do you need to plan against? And if you're not actively trying to build a team in that context, Cavaliers, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're not actually going to ever be competitive in in any near term uh kind of a uh, timeline so looking at the jazz they have a lot of good things on their roster but they don't have guys who can consistently d up lebron james and anthony davis to the to the the degree that i think you're going to need to to stop that that team like you look at that red lakers roster and you're like oh yeah the rest of them you can y'all tried go ahead tried to beat us but like you've got to be throwing a ton of bodies at at LeBron and making things hard. You've got to be throwing a ton of bodies at Anthony Davis and making things hard. And I just don't see that the the Jazz have the the defenders to do that right now. I don't trust Jeff Green. I don't think Gobert right. can, you know, guard Anthony Davis. No, I, you bring up some some very important concerns that have yet to be addressed really so, when it comes to jazz in the playoffs. So we did uh, skip over the Indiana Pacers really quick. And the only thing I said about them was that they needed a, another star. And that's because you look at what they have at each position and it's a really good player and they have yeah. depth off the bench, especially we know that the Pacers have even more depth than what we thought coming into the season because of how well guys like Justin holiday and Aaron holiday and TJ McConnell and even Edmund Sumner um, uh, Doug McDermott's improved play. There have been a lot of guys off the bench for this Pacers team who have played well and who I don't think most people realize just like how much depth they they have uh, accrued. So it's it's been pretty pretty impressive, and it would be interesting to see if they can end up flipping uh, a bunch of pieces for somebody to to help them out. Maybe 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 they add Gallinari. Who knows? Also, with Turner and Sabonis, I could see something happen with one of those two going and deciding on which one they're going to keep. Changing things up a little bit with the roster. Uh, not, I mean, it wouldn't be a huge shakeup, but that'd be, I mean, that'd be a very different looking front court if you didn't have to, you know, kind of split things between those two at times. Sabonis is playing too well for me to, to want to move him, really, unless I. Um, I, th- I think they signed him to a, an extension though, too. I, I need to double check that. Um, but like miles Turner is one of the best defensive centers in the league. Like mm-hmm. I get that he's not putting up statistical, you know, gaudy statistical numbers right now, but I almost guarantee the Pacers don't care. He's out there <laughs> to play defense at center and he's playing next to Sabonis. Who's doing just ridiculous stuff right now, rebounding wise passing as a center. So, um, yeah, yeah. Sabonis signed an extension. They've got these guys locked up. I just think that this team has so many good players at so many good salaries that uh, unless they're willing to, um, unless they find an obvious deal to help improve their roster on the fringes or to to find a, a another star to, to pair with their guys, I just think that we continue to see them roll with, with the team they have. All right, our final buyer of the night is the Brooklyn Nets. 
Yeah, they, they. I mean, I guess you look around and you say, do they try to convert some of the guys that they have into another star to pair with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving Convert? for next year? Convert or Lovert? Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, I guess they um, convert Lovert. I don't. I don't know how they could do that. Um, but yeah, the Nets are interesting. They, you know, the fact that they're playing well already and it's with Ky- without Kyrie, and then he comes back, and then. You know, next year they get Kevin Durant. We'll see what happens, but um, uh, it's it's just an interesting team. They've got some young guys too that they could flip if they they want to get something. But like Jared Allen's their starter at center for in perpetuity. I don't think they're moving him. So you, then you got Kyrie. You've got, I mean, really, you're just looking around and you're saying, do they do they can they find a starting shooting guard, small forward or power forward that is better than the options they have right now? And I don't see it. I think they stick with their roster. The Nets do kind of roll it into next year with Durant. I think that's the way to go too. It's similar to what you have going on with where with the Clippers, where they played a, a the season last year, especially or from the trade deadline on after the Shamit trade and uh, and everything. Then you're adding these two superstars, and I think it's kind of a similar thing to the Nets already being a playoff team too. It's it's there's some similarities there. Yep. I do think that the Nets would be open to bigger trades, though, if if the opportunity were to arise, or if like maybe the Nets are, are looking out and seeing a guy like Lowry Markinen or Zach Levine and saying, "All right, this is this Bulls team is." Uh, I don't know what they could trade the Bulls though, but but then again, that's just it. When you get too into the two specifics of a trade, like when when a team really wants to move a player and another team really wants that player you can get things finagled by involving other teams and and you can figure out how to configure something to make it work. All right. So you want to go to our in-between teams here? Yeah. 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 We can just go ahead and uh, go, go through them really quick. Go ahead. Yes. So we went through buyers and sellers and these are those teams that are in between. Maybe they're continuing a rebuild. Maybe they want to re rebuild. Maybe they thought they'd be better than they were. didn't hit expectations like the Blazers and Spurs. Uh, but uh, in between teams, Kyle has the Sacramento Kings, the Orlando Magic, the Phoenix Suns, Detroit Pistons, Portland Trail Blazers, San Antonio Spurs, Chicago Bulls, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, I look at the Sacramento Kings, and they either need to add another star with De'Aaron Fox, and I guess, who do you say? Do you say Buddy Heald? Do you say who, right. who Marvin Bagley? Other, yeah. Who sticks um, around? Who is the guy to go with with Fox? And is Heald, even though he's there, how is how long-term is that? Because he could be a trade piece, as you said. Yeah, and it's just they, they seem very open to... I, I, the Kings have a different perspective than what most teams do. Sometimes they're, they are, they're right where others are wrong in regards to like De'Aaron Fox. I didn't expect De'Aaron Fox to be this good. He's been, he's far exceeded my expectations. I think Marvin Bagley's even exceeded my expectations a little bit, but I also think that drafting number two overall was patently crazy last year. Um, There's, there's, it's hard to know what the Kings are going to do and whether or not they, decide to sell off some pieces or if they're just full in on this year and, and they decide that they need that to add another piece. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things go, especially with Marvin Bagley getting mixed back into the, into the equation right now. Uh, Orlando magic. I think they just need patience. Um, maybe a little bit of luck, another star if they can get one, but I think they're, they're another star is Jonathan Isaac's going to be a, 
a star someday, whether it's a defensive player of the year, potential MVP, Markel Fultz is going to, if he continues to show, uh, show his progress the way he has, he's going to maybe challenge for that all-star level um, that, that everybody thought he was going to be at coming into the league. And then you've already got Vucevic, who's an all-star. You've already got Aaron Gordon, who's a defensive all-star in, in a lot of respects and who could continue to become more like this. This magic team is, I think they just need patience. Maybe Evan Fournier stays with the team after his current contract. And he's just like, you know what? I stayed here. I stuck through the bad times. We're actually good now. And it's, it's just a, it's a unique team that I think the, the ceiling for the magic is a lot higher than what I think people believe it to be because of a guy like Jonathan Isaac, who could end up being an MVP level candidate in a, in a couple of years. Uh, okay, so we talked about the Kings and Magic. Uh, the Suns, you think a better point guard fit and potentially another star. This is a team that has already exceeded expectations. They're really holding on to that that eight seed in, in the West. I mean, um, I guess you could say power forward or or I, at I uh, or at point guard. But I think those are the two positions that were as good as Ricky Rubio has played this year. He's still not the best fit next to a, a Devin Booker. Um, I, I would much have, rather have a Marcus Smart there. Uh, Pistons. I think they need to rebuild. If, if Drummond's really leaving after this year, uh, I, trade him, trade Blake Griffin, get out from underneath that big old contract, tr- trade Derrick Rose to another team, Commit to building around Luke Kennard of all people. Um, <laughs> uh, commit that Bruce Brown's part of your your uh, your future because of his versatility, his ability to be a pass first point guard, his ability to uh, defend. I mean, Bruce Brown's really like a, a shorter version of Draymond Green in a lot of respects. It's 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 been pretty amazing. Um, so so I think, but. You know, I guess Seku Dumboya, you see what he's got later this year. But I just think that the Pistons should not be focused on the, the playoffs, but they are. And they're going to fight as hard as they can to try to make the playoffs this year. So uh, ultimately, they'll probably end up being buyers, and maybe they can find something better than what Tony Snell is. But then again, maybe I discount Snell too much. Uh, Blazers and Spurs not hitting the expectations. Both playoff teams a year ago, both uh, out as it stands at the moment. Blazers, uh, Blazers trending up, and uh, but what do you take on the Blazers and Spurs and being in between? I, if the Blazers can find a way to be competitive, great. It'll be interesting to see how the dynamics work later this season. Whether they actually bring back Zach Collins, whether they actually bring back Yusuf Nurkic in sizable roles, in roles that they would be comfortable having them out there playing effectively if they do make the playoffs. Um, so that'll all be interesting to see. But if the Portland Trailblazers do need to start looking towards the future, I think the focus continues to be try to find that that small forward, that power forward of the future that, um, you know, Zach Collins could be that, but he's he might be best as a center. So it's just um, you're, even if you even if you're planning on Zach Collins being the starting power forward again next season, you need to be finding somebody to to be a backup for him, if nothing else. Um, when it comes to the Spurs, most of their issues are related to the rotation who's getting minutes right more so than a trade but you still have players that could be traded right but it's also it's also the fact that they just don't have well the spurs don't have a good mix of players you know like they don't have their best small forward wing defender is damari carroll for crying out loud you know it's like or 2013 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, the Spurs have too many guards and not enough defense on the wing, especially in today's NBA when you're going up against those, those Giannis, those LeBrons, the Kawhis, the Paul Georges. You need 6'8", 6'10", style forwards who are essentially point guards who can protect the rim a little bit, play great perimeter defense. Like, you need these things. And the Spurs don't got those guys. So, I mean, uh, Bulls and Pelicans, two teams that we, well, there was a lot of hype coming in on each, way more so the Pelicans. But a lot of people thought after the Bulls finished last year that maybe they were going to take a big leap forward. Has not happened. And Pelicans have just really been the, I mean, set just stuck to bad luck so far in 2019, 2020 season. The Bulls are uh, another team that needs a new front office in, in many regard. I actually, you know, I don't hate a lot of their pieces, but it, when you draft a guy like Lowry Markinen, and when you go out and sign a a, a guy like uh, Zach Levine to, or you know, give him that big contract, like you you need certain pieces around these guys, and if you don't have the exact right pieces around them, like it's not going to work. And I just don't trust the front office to find the right pieces or to, to find the right coaches to, to utilize their pieces the right way. Like, you know, going out inside and Thad Young was just one of the stupider, stupider moves this summer. He, he obviously doesn't fit on this team, but if, if you really wanted to, you could say, Hey, Thad Young doesn't like to shoot three pointers. Cool. Uh, some people don't think that you can play Thad Young at, at small forward. I think you could play, play him at small forward, but the fact that he's not going to necessarily shoot three-pointers great, like uh, I don't, maybe have Wendell Carter, who should be shooting three-pointers more often, have him stretch the floor out. There's just there's a lot of things with like some of these teams we're talking about right now with Spurs and the Bulls where th- there's not this great cohesion between the pieces that are getting put on the roster and how the coach should be implementing those pieces. And I think that's running into uh, further road bumps, but to move on and kind of finish out the conversation with the new Orleans Pelicans, I think they need a real center for the future. Uh, Jackson Hayes could obviously be that guy. I love the way he fits, but um, if, if this team was looking for to, if say they go on a good run, maybe they can find uh, you know, a, a real center, somebody who's, better than even Derek favors. Um, you know, who doesn't have the same health issues that Derek favors has, but for the most part, this, this Pelican team has a lot of interesting pieces for the future. They just still need to find out who's going to be their core. Um, I do. And they also just need to put, to, to put the pieces in the right positions together. Like, I think they have all the right talents. They, they just need to have them align the right way. So maybe, maybe what the New Orleans Pelicans just need is a, a new coach with a, a fresh mindset on on uh, on these guys. All right. Well, uh, we've got our buyers, our sellers, our in betweeners, and uh, we went through all thirty teams in the NBA, talking about what we can expect or look to hope for about prospects, changing teams, superstars, going to new cities, all sorts of uh, different possibilities. Sadly, it's usually the role players, but uh, but that's okay. That can still be a lot of fun too, you know? Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. We had more comments uh, than ever throughout the show, and we love that you guys are able to interact with us. We love doing the live stream, and thank you guys so much for being a part of it. We greatly appreciate it. He's Cal McEwen. 
uh, at Rotokyle NBA on Twitter. I'm Anthony Denu. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Denu. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, rate it, review it, follow it, whatever it might do or whatever it takes. We appreciate your help. Thank you so much. And uh, we're done for the week. We'll see you Sunday or Monday morning if you're into the Morning Hoops style, Morning Hoops basketball podcast. Holla, holla. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you.